following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Sounds like a little bit of Merle Haggard to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I was in one of those moods yesterday morning. Sat there at my desk for two hours and did nothing but listen to Merle Haggard. So, yeah. It's kind of carried over from yesterday. Okay. Well, you could do a lot worse. I, I could, yes. And Merle was a bad dude, so. Yeah. So, it, it, I could be on Merle's level and start robbing banks and roadhouses and things like that. Get thrown in. Jail, started racketeering, uh, operation in jail. But did he do that? Oh yeah, yeah. He was Merle was a bad dude. Like I said, he got thrown in jail, started gambling, started racketeering yeah. in jail, got drunk in jail a few times, and then uh, he credits Johnny Cash for really turning his life around. Yeah, he saw Johnny Cash uh, play in San Quentin when he was twenty, and that's when he decided he was going to pursue music a little bit more seriously than a life in jail. Which he did. Yes, and we're thankful for yeah. that. All right, let's start off with our scripture reading here today. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you, Odious, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, 
which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's Philippians 4. Well, if you haven't been hiding under a rock, uh, you know that uh, Trump launched a missile attack uh, against um, some people in Iraq and ended up killing uh, General Qasem Soleimani of Iran, who had been behind the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Iraq and had attacked and killed a number of U.S. servicemen uh, over the years. And Trump says, this is from Fox News, he says that Soleimani was planning imminent and sinister attacks in first public remarks, in his first public remarks since the U.S. airstrike. President Trump accused Iranian General Qasem Soleimani of planning imminent and sinister attacks Friday in his first televised remarks since the deadly airstrike that killed the general at Baghdad's international airport. Folks, Iran has always been trying to stir up trouble in the Mideast and has hates America, and our former administration basically made a deal with them that helped them, helped them significantly. Uh, sent them a billion seven in uh, unmarked bills, basically. We took action last night to stop a war, Trump said during brief remarks at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. We did not take action to start a war. He he made that clear that he wanted to stop a war. Without divulging details about what led to the early morning airstrike that killed Soleimani and nine others, the president said the United States caught the general in the act and terminated him. Soleimani made the death of innocent people his sick passion, Trump added, saying that what the U.S. did yesterday should have been done a long time ago. How different is that from the Obama administration and John Kerry and his secretary of state who basically made a deal with Iran to try to prop them up and, and, and keep them going. Late Friday night during an event with uh, evangelical supporters, Trump addressed the airstrike saying, Qasem Soleimani has been killed and his bloody rampage is now forever gone. The killing of Soleimani, the head of Iran's elite Quds force, marks a major escalation in the standoff between Washington and Tehran. Yes, it obviously does, but you could argue that that escalation was there to begin with. They've been out um, a attacking um, tankers and uh, doing all sorts of things for some time. Senior state department officials described the killing as a defensive strike supported by solid intelligence and claimed Soleimani was planning imminent attacks 
against United States interests and personnel in the region. The officials said the attacks were being planned in Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon and targeted U.S. diplomats, military personnel, and facilities that house Americans. They claimed hundreds of Americans could have been killed. So the idea here is is the strike was preemptive. The officials disputed the characterization of Soleimani's death as an assassination, which is against U.S. law, instead describing it as an action taken in self-defense. Meanwhile, Iran has vowed harsh retaliation for the U.S. strike, with the country's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, warning that harsh retaliation is waiting. Khamenei, who also called Soleimani the international face of resistance, declared three days of public mourning and appointed Major General Esmail Kwani, Soleimani's deputy, to replace him as head of the Quds force. Senior State Department officials described Soleimani Friday as, as, Iran, as the Iran regime's indispensable man and claimed his death would make it very hard for Tehran to operate as before. So Trump was obviously very surgical in this strike and hit them in such a way as to compromise their ability to um, do further things because of uh, the, well, just the strategic nature of of this man. Um, Everyone in his little foreign legion is now scurrying for cover, said one official who noted that Soleimani and the late al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden are the only two terror leaders who have tried to formulate detailed plans for a mass casualty attack on U.S. soil. The operation has also touched off a fresh partisan clash on Capitol Hill with Republicans cheering the death of the brutal military commander as long overdue and Democrats voicing concerns that they weren't consulted and that it could drag the U.S. into a new Middle East conflict. Senator Tom Cotton, said, uh, Republican from Arkansas, said that Soleimani got what he richly deserved. Qasem Soleimani masterminded Iran's reign of terror for decades, including the deaths of hundreds of Americans, he said. Tonight he got what he richly deserved, and all those American soldiers who died by his hand also got what they deserved, justice. America is now safer after Soleimani's demise. Democrats, meanwhile, described the killing as a dangerous escalation with Senator Tim Kaine. Remember Tim Kaine? Remember Hillary's uh, running mate? Uh, The guy that, well, her lapdog. Senator Tim Kaine, Democrat of Virginia, grouping it with the Iran deal pullout as a brazen decision that makes the region less stable. Kane called on Congress to act to stop President Trump from entangling America in yet another unnecessary war in the Middle East. The United States said Friday it was sending nearly 3,000 more Army uh, troops to the Middle East and urged American citizens to leave Iraq immediately. 
The State Department said the embassy in Baghdad, which was attacked by Iran-backed militiamen and their supporters earlier this week, is closed, and all the consular services have been suspended. And our own Congressman Andy Barr tweeted yesterday, let me get this straight. The same left-wing politicians who defended the Obama-Clinton inaction leading to four dead Americans in Benghazi now apologize to our enemy in Iran when Donald J. Trump takes decisive action to eliminate an imminent threat to our embassy in Baghdad. So it's interesting. Uh, it's just, it's it's the discourse that we have, you know, you can, uh, you can have somebody that stands up for the U.S. and our interests in office, which we do now, or you can have somebody that lays down and basically gives up, and that's what we have had in the past. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. October. The call was perfect. No, it's not perfect. 2019. In Syria, we're going to pull out. Elijah Cummings. Al Baghdadi. Dead as a doornail. Welcome to 2020. News Radio 630. WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. Frequently, I hear from people I meet that say, Oh, I've heard you on the radio, and I've been planning to set an appointment with you. Let me say to all of you to whom this applies, call us now. There are several good things that happen when you set an appointment with us, but the main one is that you're no longer in the dark about your finances. We give you lots of information about your accounts, completely free and without obligation. Also, we let you know in no uncertain terms if we think you are on a good track for retirement or not. We are a candid guide to all of our clients and prospects. We tell you the truth. For a free, no-obligation review of your retirement investments, call us at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. and a wife but I've been working man dang near all my life and I'll keep on working long as my two hands are fit to use I'll drink my beer in a tavern sing a little bit of these working man blues Back on the Tom Dupree Show. We welcome John Short to the show. How are you, John? What's up, what's up, how you doing? Good. What's on your Here's mind? Good old Merle, huh? What's on your mind? Well, what Trump did yesterday, he did good getting that Iran leader out. He did good. You you think so? Yes, I know so. I wish two Bushes would have done it. I wish that William Jackson Black the Force would have done it. I wish Barry Terrible would have done it, but they didn't do it. No, they didn't. But Trump did, and uh, he stood up for the U.S., didn't he? Yes, indeedy. <laughs> you think well, that was good with Trump, did, huh? Did you like the Belk Bowl? 
I did. It was good. The first half was not good at all. It was pitiful. Just that right, pitiful. Just yeah. like Jake Clavin said, sometimes pitiful, but the second half was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we came back and beat them. That's right. The score 37. So, hold it, make a DVD or Blu ray of that game. They need to. Yeah. I agree with you. And sell it. I can be, huh? And sell it to people. Yes. That'd be good. It would be good. It can beat Missouri today by 15 biggins. It can beat Tennessee tomorrow by 10 biggins in women's basketball. All right. Then we lost last Thursday to South Carolina East. They did blue sale in yep. women's basketball. Right. We Why did we lose that game so bad? Height, because they got the height that we don't. Yeah, they're number four in the country also. South yep. Carolina is. They are. We need our tallest player needs to be six two or six three. Our tallest player needs to be like six ten in women's yeah. basketball. Right. That's hard to find in women's. Yeah. All right, John. Well, I appreciate it. Okay, but happy what Trump did, and here's here's some and good. Here's some Merle Hager. That that that's good. Thank you. Well, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, sometimes you do Patsy Montana. You heard of her? No. She, her main song is Cowboy Sweetheart. Patsy Montana? Yeah, she's for Patsy Klein, yeah. Okay, we'll t- we'll look her up. Oh, All right, okay. John, we appreciate it. You're a great oh, American. You're okay. a great American. All right. Um, there's another article here I wanted to talk about. Um, this is from the Daily Caller. Um where Ted Cruz, Republican uh, Senator Cruz, issued a pointed response to an Obama administration alumnus after he suggested the killing of Iranian General Soleimani would lead to a worst-case scenario. Trump may have just started a war without congressional debate. I really hope the worst-case scenario doesn't happen, but everything about this situation suggests serious escalation to come said Ben Rhodes, a former national security aide to President Barack Obama. He tweeted it. Um, The statement followed news that President Trump ordered a strike against Soleimani. In response to Rhodes' tweet, Cruz asked if it would have been better choice to send the Iranian regime $1.7 billion in unmarked bills, an apparent reference to the Obama, Obama administration's shipment of money to Tehran as part of its end of 2015 Iranian nuclear deal. Perhaps it would have been a better idea to send him a billion seven in unmarked bills in pallets on planes in the dead of the night so he could kill more Americans, the junior GOP senator from Texas wrote. Rhodes, a top screenwriter and advisor to Obama, was involved in the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, which consisted of a number of U.S. concessions in return for the Iranian regime giving up its nuclear capabilities. Critics, however, pointed to mounting evidence that Tehran was repeatedly violating the terms of the agreement. Trump pulled out of the agreement altogether in 2018. The Pentagon confirmed late Thursday that Soleimani, who's blamed for the deaths of hundreds of Americans, was killed by a drone strike near Baghdad's airport. The strike came after Iranian-backed protesters stormed the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad on Tuesday. Since the end of the Obama administration, 
Rhodes has remained a steadfast critic of Trump. He was filmed breaking down on the night of Trump's upset victory against Hillary Clinton. So this guy, Ben Rhodes, was, uh, is, a, is a partisan hack, to say the least, and uh, a guy who Cruz calls out, Iran threatens America with a lawsuit. Iran to take uh, international legal measures against the U.S. for Soleimani's killing. Iran will launch legal measures at the international level to hold the United States accountable. So, so they're now going to sue us over this, uh, which I think is uh, laughable when you consider what this guy did and uh, how we basically were standing up for ourselves. It was clearly a terrorist action, says Iran. Iran will launch various legal measures at the international level to hold America to account for Soleimani's assassination, they call it. So words are just what they are. They're just words. Um, and you can, uh, you can draw your own conclusions. But I'm with Trump. I believe he basically did what he felt needed to be done and uh, followed the trail of, uh, of violence and oppression and um, nefarious activities against U- U.S. troops and trying to go after U.S civilians stay with us you're listening to the tom dupree show on news radio 630 wlep your late news should be new crazy concept right thankfully wkyt is putting the new back in late news wkyt news at 11 is always fresh with newer stories and more updates so there's less repetition which means no wasted time I watch Sam and Amber for my news and Chris Bailey for a forecast that lets me know what to expect for tomorrow. WKYT News at 11. Newer, fresher, worth staying up for. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. What does a good financial advisor do? Perhaps it comes down to asking the right questions instead of having all the answers. For instance, should I take Social Security now or later? Am I really ready to retire? Is my money invested properly to pay me an income during retirement? These are a few of the questions that might come up in your discussion with a financial advisor. Good questions are what a financial advisor may be able to help you with. You will come up with the answers on your own. If you're not sure about some of these things and need a sounding board, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a complimentary appointment. Also, you can listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 
Pictures of Iran's top military leader in the streets of Baghdad today, where funeral processions for General Qasem Soleimani took place. Soleimani killed outside Baghdad's airport from a U.S. airstrike, sparking anger and vows of revenge from Iran's leader. President Trump saying that Soleimani was planning attacks against Americans. ABC's Ian Panel is in Beirut, Lebanon, a place where U.S. officials say Soleimani was targeting U.S. interests. The United States is now sending three and a half thousand more troops to the Middle East just days after thousands of protesters stormed the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. The response in the Middle East immediate, with protests in a number of cities and fears of worse to come. In Australia, extreme heat and high winds fueling wildfires in New South Wales. Prime Minister Scott Morrison warning residents to get out. The ferocity and the absence of dousing rains that would normally bring a season like this under greater control is nowhere in sight. Many residents taking shelter on Navy ships offshore. Michelle Franz and ABC News. It is another wet evening across the area. That rain will roll on into the overnight low clouds and fog. Temperatures into the low 40s as thermometers drop into the 30s on your Saturday afternoon on a gusty northwesterly wind. We'll see rain changing over to a period of some rain and wet snow into the afternoon and evening with temperatures still above freezing. Most of that will be melting on contact. And as we roll our way into the day on Sunday, a little morning snow flurry otherwise becoming partly sunny. Temperatures into the 40s. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. A stroke can come out of nowhere, fast. So Baptist Health Lexington is ready to respond immediately. We're a comprehensive stroke center with the highest level of care for the most challenging cases. Our nationally recognized neuroscience experts use breakthrough technology that can start to reverse the effects of a stroke in minutes. At Baptist Health Lexington, we're focused on stopping strokes and restoring lives. Take our stroke risk assessment at baptisthealth.com slash lexingtonstroke. Guys, the secret is out. If you want healthy intimacy, your body needs nitric oxide. And now you can boost your nitric oxide production faster than you thought possible with Ageless Male Tonight, the absurdly fast formula from the number one brand in male enhancement. Just take one capsule an hour before romantic activity. You'll get clinically tested ingredients that rapidly boost nitric oxide production. And it won't go unnoticed. Rush to Walmart and get Ageless Male Tonight. Okay, you know how it feels when you've saved enough for that long-awaited home edition? Now imagine an edition on that edition. That's the feeling with Capital One, where a new savings account earns an interest rate five times the national average. That's right, five times, as represented by five times more singers. This is banking reimagined. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Rate comparison based on FDIC national rate. Capital One NA member FDIC. 630 WLAP.
invited to a party at the Jones's place for fun and games and booze and things. I guess I must have drank a case. Well, that lady of mine, she drank one. Back on the Tom Dupree show. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The killing of Soleimani shines light on the secretive Quds Force. That's spelled Q-U-D-S. A trusted deputy is named to succeed. Um, dead military leader preserved the regional networks he built. Iran moved to quickly replace the assassinated leader of the elite Quds Force with one of his top deputies and preserved the networks Qasem Soleimani had built before a U.S. airstrike killed him early Friday morning. Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei appointed Esmail Ghani to the role hours after a U.S. drone attacked General Soleimani's convoy shortly after leaving Baghdad's international airport. The attack eliminated the main architect of Iran's foreign forays, ranging from the propping up of Lebanon's Hezbollah movement to training pro-Tehran militias who fought against Islamic State in Iraq and Syria. So surprisingly, these guys were actually fighting against ISIS. However, the network that General Soleimani created will likely remain in place. Many of the allies he nurtured rely on support from Tehran as much as Iran needs them to extend its influence across the Middle East. As important as Soleimani was, his death won't substantively affect Iran's regional operations, said Afshan Ostavar, an expert on the Revolutionary Guard and associate professor at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. He proved to have both pragmatic and risk-taking inclinations. It's unclear how his successors will behave or how much they will aim to emulate or depart from Soleimani's approach. So it's interesting that Iran basically had so many tentacles, so many different places in their desire to control uh, the narrative in the Middle East. And it was very strategic. And, you know, they were kind of like um, the special forces or, or I don't know what you'd call them, but uh, a, a, a special elite force that basically promoted violence throughout the Middle East. Here's a story uh, from uh, the election stuff um, that's been going on here with the Democrats. Um, Pete Buttigieg As Iowa and New Hampshire primaries draw near and South Bend's boy wonder Pete Buttigieg seems buoyant in the all-important early state polls, Mayor Pete has been perpetually dogged by a major issue. The youngest and most activated voters in his party all seem to hate his guts. Now, it's interesting to me because Mayor Buttigieg uh, is – when you look at the the left wing uh, influence on the Democrats, he seems to be trying to position himself uh, as a uh, as a moderate. But the 
your younger left wingers are not buying it. Normally, the first candidate of a generation can expect to ride a, wave, ride a wave of youthful enthusiasm, as John F. Kennedy and Bill Clinton once did. For the 37-year-old Buttigieg, it's been quite the opposite. The newly radicalized Teen Vogue invoked a cringeworthy class warfare pun to declare his campaign a lesson in PD bourgeois politics. Jacobin, tribune of the socialist wing of the Democrat Party, has developed seemingly an entire vertical focused on slamming Mayor Pete. A writer for Out Magazine, putting it in starker terms, tweeted that if he had kahunas, he'd run as a Republican against Trump in the primary. Why is this enmity from young left-wing activists toward Buttigieg so visceral? It's true that they favor Bernie Sanders, but Buttigieg comes in for a type of loathing that surpasses even uh, that they hold for Sanders' older rivals, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. And what's interesting to me is the dichotomy that you see in the Democrat Party uh, between the new ultra-left wingers and people like Biden and like Buttigieg who are trying – to um, basically occupy some middle ground. And, you know, it's it's interesting what will happen. This, to me, though, it's, um, it's just interesting. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I'll put it that way. Let's go to something else here. Poll finds Americans found Clinton's offenses worse than Trump. When it comes to sizing up the impact of President Trump's partisan impeachment in the House last December, it's good to look at how he stacks up with other highly criticized presidents. That's exactly what pollster Jonathan Zogby of Zogby Analytics did in his latest survey. In it, he asked if voters felt that any of the last 12 presidents dating to Dwight Eisenhower committed impeachable offenses. In light of the historic impeachment of President Trump by House Democrats, it's interesting to think that this moment in history will mean and how does it rate, Zogba said in, in sharing his data. Although most scholars argue events can't be defined or processed in historical terms for about 40 to 50 years after, we thought it would be interesting to see what impeachment now means for Trump. So we asked survey respondents, do you agree or disagree that each one of the following presidents committed an impeachable offense while in office, he said. Richard Nixon, who quit over the Watergate scandal, was first at 71%, followed by Bill Clinton, who lied about having sex with one-time intern Monica Lewinsky at 61%. Trump came in third at 53%, and Barack Obama was fourth at 38%. Zogby noted that unlike with other presidents, the partisan divide over Trump was epic. The partisan lines were drawn when it comes to the impeachment of Trump. More than three-quarters of Democrats agreed he committed an impeachable offense, while 53% of the Republicans disagreed. This is different than Nixon or Clinton in that all demographics, including political parties, thought they committed impeachable offenses. The House impeached Trump on a partisan vote last month, claiming that he needed to be immediately removed from office because he is a threat to the nation 
and the 2020 election. And there's also talk that he was using this attack on Iran as a way of uh, basically changing the subject and making himself, um, you know, uh, the wag the dog scenario, uh, this idea of just just changing uh, the subject through uh, creating an attack on Iran. All right. Let's go to a break here. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Quid pro quo. No quid pro quo. November. On this vote, the impeachment inquiry. 2019. Mr. Bloomberg. Let's get it on. Outstanding job report. The whistleblower. Welcome to 2020. Happy Thanksgiving. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. What does a good financial advisor do? Perhaps it comes down to asking the right questions instead of having all the answers. For instance, should I take Social Security now or later? Am I really ready to retire? Is my money invested properly to pay me an income during retirement? These are a few of the questions that might come up in your discussion with a financial advisor. Good questions are what a financial advisor may be able to help you with you will come up with the answers on your own. If you're not sure about some of these things and need a sounding board, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a complimentary appointment. Also, you can listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. The old man from the mountains coming home, home, home. Thought I'd better warn you, so I called you on the phone. Get rid of Joe the grinder, you better be there alone. Cause the old man from the mountains coming home. I've been working in a sawmill, I'm all uptight and tense. I got wind that someone's back on the Tom Dupree show. Thought I'd better call you. Well, get this. Fox News says that Michigan swing voters rip Pelosi and Democrats over impeachment push. A recent focus group with 10 Michigan voters repealed potential warning, revealed potential warning signs for Democrats ahead of the 2020 election as the focus group roundly ripped impeachment as a waste of time. Folks, Look at the amount of time and effort Congress has put into impeachment. And as I was saying in the last segment, this is a guy who, a president who is trying to do things in the world to make the world a better place. And the only thing that the Democrats have been able to do since he's been elected is to try to pull him into this impeachment thing. And it just is so clear to me what kind of leadership I'd rather be with and that maybe most of you listeners would rather be with 
Back to this article. Um, the panel was comprised of people who voted for President Barack Obama in 2012 and then switched parties to vote for President Donald Trump in 2016. Michigan went for Trump over Hillary Clinton in 2016 by less than half a percentage point. In 2012, Obama carried that state by nine percentage points over then-Republican presidential nominee Mitt Romney. The focus is in the wrong direction, not working on policies that will help people, said a man in the Saginaw, Michigan group conducted by the communications firm Engages on December 9th. The House of Representatives voted to impeach Trump on December 18th. Why is the focus continually on trying to get rid of Trump? What are you doing for us, said one woman in reaction to the ongoing impeachment inquiry. Give it up, Nancy, added another man. The Michigan focus group seemed to find that these are folks who are not swing voters. They're kind of just Trump voters now, said Fox News contributor and pollster Kristen Soltis. These focus groups are great, said her guest, co-founder of Optimus Polling, Scott Tranter. It pretty much describes probably what everyone's feeling when they watch a reality show. They're like, look, it isn't about you guys. The, the people in Washington do not seem to be able to get the message that the swing voters are more concerned about bread and butter daily things and um, they're not as focused on impeachment and the idea that the president needs to be removed. And it's just not getting through, it, it seems to me. And then we have, uh, we have uh, Ocasio-Cortez, who rips Trump for ordering a hit on terrorist Soleimani. Nothing but, you know, the Democrats can only come up with uh, negative things to say. Democratic New York Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Friday criticized President Donald Trump for ordering the killing of Qasem Soleimani. Last night, the president engaged in what is widely being recognized as an act of war against Iran, one that now risks the lives of millions of innocent people, she wrote in a lengthy Twitter thread. Soleimani was reporting, reportedly planning imminent attacks that could have killed hundreds of Americans. Right now is the moment to decide if you are pro-peace or not, Ocasio-Cortez added. The cheerleaders of war, removed from its true cost, will gladly convince you that up is down, just as they did in Iraq in 03. Ocasio-Cortez said Congress has a moral and legal obligation to reassert its power to stop this war. Well, it isn't a war. He said he was doing it to head off having a war and protect innocent people from horrific consequences. According to the U.S. Department of Defense, Soleimani was actively developing plans to attack American diplomats. Okay, that we know. Here's a story uh, 
out of Virginia. Gun control standoff hit, heats up in Virginia as sanctuaries grow and big votes loom. A battle over gun control in Virginia with national implications is heating up as the legislature prepares to vote on sweeping new restrictions and localities band together to defy them in growing numbers. Virginians turned out to debate the measures and other issues at public hearings on Thursday, less than a week before the General Assembly's first legislative session of 2020. Both the Virginia Citizens Defense League and Gun Owners of America specifically warned about Democratic Governor Ralph Northam's related budget proposal, which directs 250000 for the Department of Corrections to incarcerate people as a result of new restrictions. A measure, another measure included over $4 million in 18 authorized positions, part of an apparent team that Second Amendment groups warned could be used to enforce an assault weapons ban. The new General Assembly is expected to vote on two bills in particular, which would ban assault weapons, raise the minimum age of purchase. In the run-up to the session and following state elections in November, a defiant protest movement has taken shape that could influence similar movements in other states. More than 100 cities, towns, and counties have passed sanctuary resolutions meant to flout an assault weapons ban and other proposals. According to local outlets, activists on both sides of the debate raised concerns during a hearing in Suffolk. This is not about gun safety, public safety, or whatever you want to call it, one speaker said. It's about control of people based on a radical political extremist agenda. Virginia seems to be ground zero to me of liberals versus conservatives. It's obviously the mother the the mother of uh so much of American democracy is is in Virginia and um the struggle goes on there in a big way. And something that's um gotten my attention is this huge wildfire, these brush fires that are going on down in Australia. It's tragic. Um, 500 million animals have been killed. And um, it doesn't show any signs of getting any better. It's, it's these massive brush fires that have been taking place. And the Prime Minister of Australia has gone to visit the place where it's happening, and the people have jeered him and told him, uh, you know, to get lost and the fact that he's not helping the area. This article from the Wall Street Journal says Australia calls out more troops as fire crisis escalates. Australia called up 3,000 defense force reservists and ordered in more water bombing planes to help fight ravaging wildfires as temperatures topped 100 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday. Prime Minister Scott Morrison also deployed the Australian Navy's largest amphibious ship, the HMAS Adelaide, to support the evacuation of fire-affected areas along the southeastern coast. 
two other Navy ships stationed near the town of Malakuta in Victoria State attempted to rescue 1,100 more people Saturday. Um, this thing has just been um, a terrible uh, human tragedy, and um, it's just it's gone uh, destroyed so much acreage and uh, human dwellings and the animal uh, the animals that have died from it. Right now, there's a there's a brush fire that is as big as Manhattan. It's it's amazing. And I, I was watching some of the video last night, and I'm not saying this as a joke, but if you never felt bad for the species of koalas, now you That's do. That's the. I, I mean, I I saw I'd the feel horrible thing about this is happening. The koalas, yes, and what what's happened to them, and it's just terrifying. Uh, it is. They've had to be, uh, many of them have had to be euthanized, put down. It's just really something. I mean, it, it looks like absolute hell. Yeah. If, if you had a vision of hell, just go online and look and see what's going on over there. It, it is absolutely tragic. Yeah. It is. And um, there are so many things that go on in the world that we don't have any control over. Um and this one is is one that just really is uh, amazingly bad. So they deserve our prayers and 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 our thoughts um, very much. I'm trying to find something else. There was an article I saw here. Yeah, here here's that article about three fires have combined to form a single blaze bigger than the New York borough of Manhattan as Australian firefighters battle what has been predicted to be the most catastrophic day yet in an already devastating brush fire season. The fires joined overnight in the Omeo region in Victoria State, creating a 6,000-hectare, 23-square-mile blaze, according to Gippsland's Department of Environment, Land, Water, and Planning. In neighboring New South Wales state, a fire in the Wollalindi region of the capital, Sydney, remains out of control, according to the Rural Fire Service. It has burned 264,000 hectares of land in recent months. Weather conditions are deteriorating rapidly on Saturday, with the county's Bureau of Meteorology warning that winds are picking up and temperatures are increasing. All right, stay with us. Got Mike Johnson in the house and Guy Euclid. We'll be talking about the economy, business, things of that nature. News Radio 630 WLAP. It's the Tom Dupree Show.